mine? Hello? Okay. Hi. We're in our bearing series here. This is week three of our bearing series. And throughout this series, we've been uh, kind of just trying to unpack what, what does it mean? Uh, what is God's will for my life? And, and this week, <clears throat> we're going to land on uh, what does it mean to hear from God? How, how do I hear from God? And, and I, I want to hear God talk, and, and I, I'm trying to learn to listen to God. So what does it mean uh, to hear from God? And how, how, how do we hear from God? And how, how do we listen to him? And so that's what, what we're going to talk about today. But I, I think in order to talk about this, we actually have to shoot a little deeper and kind of get what's underneath of that, right? Like when we we're asking to God speak to us, we're asking to hear from him and we want God to speak to us. It really uh, revolves around uh, the do. We're really asking, God, what, speak to me because I want to know what, what you want me to do in my marriage. I want you to know what, I want to know what you want me to do in my job. Maybe I want to know what you want me to do with uh, my kids because they're wild and I don't have a clue, you know. Um, but, but really what's underneath it all is simply this idea of we, we want to know what God uh, wants us to do. And, and so when we talk about hearing from the Lord, that's usually what's actually underneath it. And so uh, we're going to unpack that today. And, and as we get going here, I wanted to share a little story about my, my daughter, Riley. She's, she's three years old and she's a toddler. And uh, she is just a ball of energy and just so much fun. And uh, my wife happens to be a labor and delivery nurse who does night shifts in Topeka. And so uh, when, when she's away at work, uh, we have a one-year-old Quinn, and so I have to put him to bed. And so uh, I do the, the parental thing, and, and I let her watch a couple episodes of television, and, and uh, I let her watch some cartoons while I'm putting Quinn to bed. And, and about a month ago, Riley kept asking to watch something. And she kept saying to me, and she's like, Daddy, I want to watch Elo India, Elo India, Elo India. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. We have a charismatic in the family, and she's speaking in tongues, and I don't know. Like, like I just, like, I was like, oh, goodness. I had no clue what she was saying. She kept saying, hello, India, hello, India, hello. And, I mean, if you've ever been around a toddler or you have kids of your own, like, you know uh, this to be true, but there's things that they can say, and they're speaking, but you, you cannot understand them, right? Like, you, you have no clue what they're saying. And so she just kept going. I mean, this goes on. I'm not kidding. It was like two or three weeks at the time. I don't know why I didn't think of something sooner. But uh, she kept saying, Elo Ingia, Elo Ingia. And I'm singing B-I-N-G-O because I think that's what she means. And she has, she's just like, no, Daddy, no. And so um, I'm like, okay. And she finally breaks down and goes, Elo Ingia, like at nannies. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Like a nanny, it's okay, perfect. And so I'm like, I'm going to call Nana, uh, my, my wife's mom who watches our kids. And so, so I, I call her, I get her on the phone. I'm like, Donna, Riley keeps yelling at me. She keeps saying, Elo India, Elo India, about a show she wants to watch. And I have no clue what she's talking about. Can you please help me? And Donna just, of course, starts laughing and chuckling, you know. And uh, she goes, uh, well, she doesn't really watch it over here, but it's this show on Netflix called Hello Ninja. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So I'm like, sweetie, is it Hello Ninja? And she's like, if you know my daughter, she goes, that's what I talk about. And I was like, okay, thank God you've answered a prayer. And so, uh, so I, like any good dad, I just let her watch Hello Ninja for the next hour while I tried to, to put Quinn, Quinn to bed. And so uh, the, the reason I tell you that is to tell you this. I mean, there's the reality of sometimes God's talking, but we don't understand what he's saying. 
Sometimes we, we can't decipher it. We can't understand quite what God's saying. And, and the reality is sometimes he's already spoken. He's, he's said something or he's been saying something for a long time. He's either spoken in his word or, or moved us with his spirit. But we don't know how to understand and deci- decipher it. And Paul writes this in 2 Timothy chapter 3. He says, all scripture is inspired by God. And useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It teaches us to do what is right. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare us and equip his people for every good work. That that last line really gets at this idea when we want to hear from God and we're actually asking, like, God, what do you want me to do with my life or my kids or my marriage or whatever? The last line says, it's his word that we go to to hear, and it's his word that prepares and equips us for those do kind of things in our life. The first point is this, is simply if you want to know God's will, you have to know his word. If you want to know God's will, you have to be familiar with the words that he's already spoken and the things that he's already said. Because much like Riley, my daughter, uh, I had to go to my mother-in-law because Nanny was familiar with her words already. I didn't have a clue what she was saying. But there's other things that she says to me that you guys wouldn't have a clue what she's saying. And I know exactly what she's talking about because I'm familiar with her words. O'Reilly would ask me sometimes, she'll ask, uh, she'll say, Daddy, I want, a, I want a WK, I want a WK. Most of you guys don't have a clue what a WK is. But for my wife and I, we've gotten to that place in, in parenting where you start spelling things out because you don't want the kid to hear, hear you say the word, you know, because uh, you want to confirm that you and your spouse are actually on, on the same page and agreeing before you just shout it out. And so a WK for us means a walk. We started spelling out W-A-L-K. She just misses the middle two letters. Uh, but but it's, it's, it's just this idea that if you want to understand what God is saying, you have to be familiar with what he's already said. You want to hear God speak in your life, you have to be familiar with the words that he's already spoken. Now, he's going to move your spirit, uh, and we're going to talk about that. But the, the reality is this, is we're going to lay that up against the, 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 the canvas and the backwork of God's word. Because God's never going to move you in spirit in a way that contradicts or doesn't align with his word. So if you want to know God's will, you've got to know God's word. And the second thing is this, is uh, we've got to humble ourselves to hear from God. We have to humble ourselves to actually uh, submit and put ourselves under the authority of his word to hear from him. And then after we've, we've put ourselves under the authority of God's word, we actually have to, to, to come to him and to pray and ask. And that takes some humility. Because what you're doing in that moment and praying and humbling yourself to hear from him is saying, God, I have a plan for myself, but I, I, I'm going to bring that under what you say. Lord, show me in your word Move me with your spirit. But we've got to humble ourselves to hear from God. I know you might be thinking, you're like, well, is it not enough to, to just, oh, I feel the Holy Spirit moving. Can't, can't I just go on that? Or, or there's this common cultural idea right now that's, that's follow your heart. Do what feels right and seems right, right? Like we've, we've all been there. We've heard that. Most of us have probably handled some situations that way, and now we're dealing with the fallout or wreckage of going that way because... What does the author of Proverbs say? He says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. 
Like some of us have followed the heart or did what felt good or felt right, and we never stopped to pray, to humble ourselves and say, God, is this what you have for me? Or to, to get underneath his word and say, Lord, I'm gonna search your word to know, is this what you have for me? And unfortunately, because we didn't do that, some of us are having to deal with the wreckage and the fallout of that in our lives because there was a way that seemed right, and in the end, it led to death, emptiness, brokenness. Uh, Henry Blackaby says it in his book, Hearing, Hearing God Speak. He says this, the willingness to obey every word from God is critical to hearing God speak. The willingness to obey every word from God is critical to hearing him speak. So Blackaby would say, if you want to hear God speak, you actually have to know his word. And then you have to be humble enough to put yourself under it and obey his word and to hear him speak. And Paul does this in Acts chapter 20. We're going to see uh, Paul humbles himself and follows a move of the spirit of God. In Acts 20, verse 22, it says this. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying the good news of God's grace. So the third idea is simply this, is we have to notice the nudge. We have to notice the nudge. We have to notice the, the move of God's spirit. And we're going to test that up against his word like we already established. But we actually have to notice God move. In the passage we see, Paul says, I, I, now compelled by the spirit. He's moved by the Holy Spirit that he has this task that he has to go and carry out uh, in Jerusalem. And, and the reality is he, he, Paul had to be in a place where he could simply even notice that nudge first before he could ever even act out on it. And for us, we have to do the same we have to be in a place and humble our, ourselves and our hearts to be in a place that we can actually notice God's nudges and moves. And some of us, we're stubborn, and it's probably going to feel more like a kick or a shove or a push. But more often than not, it's God's spirit just whispering something into your heart. It's saying, hey, text that person that you've been thinking about. Have that conversation with your spouse that you've been avoiding for months now, but you know you need to have or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or, or maybe you need to break off that relationship or whatever it is, but it's just a nudge of God. And we've got to be uh, in a place of humility where we can actually notice that. And then out of that, point number four is simply this, is we're going to take one step in faith and obedience. We're going to take one step after we notice the nudge. We're going to take that very first step out of that. What do we do now? We take one step. I think all of us, if, if you're like me, you like the plan. I want to see the whole plan. I want to know it's, I want it to be all laid out before me. And I want to know the, the beginning, the middle, and the end. But the reality is this. When we read that Acts passage, Paul says, I don't have a clue what's going to happen. He says, I'm going to Jerusalem, and I don't know what's going to happen. The only thing that he did know is that there was going to be prison and hardships. We have to take one step in faith and obedience because God's oftentimes not going to show us the whole path. And if he did, and, and, and if we're honest, you probably wouldn't take the first step if he showed you the whole path, right? 
Like, like there's been things in my life that I knew God wanted to do, but if he'd have shown me how he was going to do those things, I'd have been like, I'm out, bro. Like, not going to happen, you know? <laughs> like, if I'd have seen the whole path, there's just some things in there that they look too tough and they look too hard, and they're going to require sacrifice of me and pain, potentially, in me in order to do them. And Paul says he knows that's coming. And he steps in. And so the other piece of this that we have to address in this whole idea is this open door theology that we so easily get caught in is, well, God's going to open up the doors and it's going to be easy. He's going to open up these doors and then I'll just know and it'll just be clear to me. And the reality is an easy door does not equate to an open door. Right, Paul's, Paul's door that he has to walk through, the step that God wants him to take is not going to be an easy one. But we can undeniably say thousands of years later that we're all sitting in here as a result. There's churches in America and all over the world based off of the work that he did. And he walked and stepped through a hard door, just like the other disciples did. And they walked through some really hard doors, not easy doors. And if they applied the cultural idea and ideology of today likely would have never done those things. Easy doors don't necessarily mean open doors, and open doors don't mean easy doors. I love what Tim Harlow says. He says this. He says, the decisions we make today determine the stories that we'll tell tomorrow. So my question would be is, is what kind of stories are you going to tell tomorrow? What kind of stories do you want to tell tomorrow? Do you want to tell faith-filled stories of obedience Stories of, look what God did in my life because of one tiny step of faith and obedience and the humility to put myself under his word and his spirit to move me. Or do you, do you intend or plan or, or will you tell stories of regret? Stories of distrust and disappointment and disobedience. So that's the question we have to ask ourselves is what kind of stories do you want to tell? And I know you might be thinking, okay, so what do we actually do with this stuff, Chris? Uh, what do, what do, where do I go from here? What, what's some application steps and things that I can do? And good news is I've, I've thought about that question got it in my notes here. So uh, we're, we're going to basically four things today. Four, four steps of application. These are practical, tangible things that you can go out this week uh, starting today, starting here in this service that you can actually step out and apply in your life. And it's basically it's just four gets to not forget. Four gets to not forget. And the first one is this, is we've got to get quiet. We've got to get quiet. And it's, it's this idea of we've got to turn down the dial and dial down the noise and the distractions of our life because we want to hear from God and all the while he's been talking, but it's too loud in our lives or we're speeding by at such a pace that we run past God and we're hoping that he's saying something to us and we just catch it in the earshot. Uh, this is such a big deal. I mean, Barry and I, we decided we're going to do a whole sermon series on, on pace of life coming out, out of this series on pace of life and just dialing down the pace of our life because the reality and the reason I start with this is because we struggle in our culture, society, myself, our families, our work, our world struggles with this idea of getting quiet and getting still. And if I'm honest, I just, I think God's, talking and he's nudging and he's moving our spirits and has been for some time. But most of us, the struggle is actually, we've been speeding by or things are dialed up way too loud in our life to even hear what he's saying 
or have time to stop and notice those nudges and take one step and move on them. And the second one is we got to get familiar with God's word. It's this idea of, of we don't just got to read God's word. We actually have to be familiar with it. We actually have to know because there's a way that you can read something and, and, it, and it doesn't really take root or set deep in, but you have to uh, marinate yourself in it, if you will, bathe in his word uh, and, and dig deep and study the scriptures. That's why we have our journals. Is that we want to give you the opportunity to, to, to read these things and read the daily reading and, and to dive in and journal and ask yourself questions, answer questions, write through things, pray through things, because you have to know God's word. You have to get familiar with it. There's a difference between just reading something and being familiar with something. I could tell you guys my address and you would know the address, but most of you wouldn't know how to get there. I can get there without ever having to plug it into a GPS because I'm familiar with where I live. I know the route. If somebody tried to tell me the route and it was wrong, I would know. I would, I would be able to, to know and test that. So we've got to get familiar with God's word. And then the third one is we have to get humble. And getting humble is simply we have to get to a place where we just come to God and we pray and we're asking him to speak again. We're asking him for whatever it is that we need. Maybe it's the courage to step out and take that step. Maybe it's uh, for him to, to just point out to us the nudge one more time because we've missed it the other times. But we have to get humble. And if you're like me, you're probably pretty good at telling God your plans and your will. But this idea of getting humble means we're going to have to come and we're going to have to pray and say, Lord, much like Jesus did, not my will be done, but yours. God, let your will be done in my life and would you move my spirit in such a way and help me to know your word and to marinate it and Hold up the moves of the spirit against your word, God, and then give me the courage to step out and take, take that first step to notice the nudge. And then the last one is simply this is, is we have to get moving from here. So God's given you the nudge. You, you've prayed and you've asked. And some of you, you're in here right now and, and it's coming back. It's something that has come up time and time again over the last year, week, month. I don't know how long. God's just telling you to move, to take one step in faith and obedience. He's not going to show you the whole path. It's not even about that. But he's saying, I, I want you to send that text. I, I want you to have the conversation. I want you to notice that nudge, whatever it is. And he's saying, I want you to step out and just move. The reality is this, is we don't have to apply any of this. You don't have to do any of this. You don't have to get humble. You don't have to get quiet. You don't have to know God's word. You can keep on going and doing things your way. But I would just simply ask is how's that been working for you? And if, if you feel like, oh, well, maybe it's been okay, Chris. It's, my whole life's not a train wreck. It's not, it's not all falling apart yet. Then I would simply ask, well, what happens when it stops working for you? So what we're going to do here in just a moment is, is some of you out there, God has, he's nudged you. 
He's moved your heart and your spirit, and he's simply saying, come. So we're going to have a time. We've got these benches up here still, and it's just a time for invitation. I want you to come forward and just lay that before God. Come and maybe ask God. Maybe, maybe you're not sure. You feel the nudge, but you can't even decipher what it is really. Come and ask God, Lord, help me to understand Help me to know and then help me to move. Some of you, it's just simply the courage. You need to have the courage to just come forward and pray and then ask God to give you the courage to move on the nudge. And so we're going to have our prayer team up here. They'll be on the sides. If, if you want somebody to pray with, uh, you can just grab one of them. They're more than happy to pray with you. But, but really, this is a time that we, we've just set out for you and for God. Between you and him, and we're not going to bother you otherwise. There's tissues if you need tissues. But we need to come and just fall on our faces and hear from the Lord. And hear from God. I'm going to pray, and the, the band's going to come out. And I, I just I challenge you to step out and to come. Father, we love you. We praise you, Lord. And and God, I thank you for your word that you have taught us. You teach us so much. You've spoken to us, God, and we can hear you. We can know you by knowing your word, God. And and, and you've given us your spirit to, to move us into a place of humility and to move us into a place of, of, of power and of courage to step out and just do that one simple step. And and God, we don't know what you're going to do with it. I just pray that you would give us the courage. Lord, we praise you. We love you. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.